Hello and welcome to Passing for Normal, where things are far from normal. I'm your host, Sharon Weil, and during this time of coronavirus uncertainty, sheltering at home, and social isolation, I'm bringing you a special series of helpful insights and practices from body-focused practitioners in order to help keep you healthy, protected, and calm beyond face masks and hand sanitizer. Today, my guest is Emma Destrubay, acupuncturist, herbalist, and an elegant practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. And we're going to be talking about the importance of touch, and in these times, self-touch for your health and well-being. So welcome back, Emma. Thank you. So you and I were just talking about balancing our health and being able to empower our own health in these challenging times where you can't necessarily get to a doctor and we're in such new, new territory. And another conversation emerged about touch. And so I wanted to um, have a whole new conversation about, about the importance of touch to our health. Yeah, happy to be here, happy to have it. Great. So, you know, uh, in the type of medicine that you practice as an acupuncturist, you work with needles and you work with acupuncture points, which means that they're particular, well, maybe you should describe it more than me, um, the way in which you use touch in treatment. Yeah, so acupuncture needles are kind of our, our heavy hitting tool. You know, it's like the power tool of acupuncture. But before actually, um, you know, inserting a needle, before any kind of invasive technique, there's so much else that we can do. So, for example, when we work with children, we'll use techniques of, of touching the body. So not piercing the skin in any way, but using stroking or tapping or tickling or different kinds of sensory stimulation to stimulate the body in different ways. So we can work with the acupuncture points and the acupuncture channels or meridians through needles, but we can also work with them through touch. We can also use vibration. We can also use essential oils. These are acupuncture points are places where the body's energy is more available. Um, and so we can stimulate those places in all different kinds of ways. So there are places where the body's energy is more available, um, but, but it's mapped, right? The body is mapped in these, in these points. Yeah, exactly. So acupuncture channels are lines of energy, or maybe better thought of as lines of fluid flow. They've actually done um, studies where they've injected a dye into an acupuncture point, and you can watch that color um, flow along the pathway of the meridian. So despite, it's, it's not a structure that we'll find if we open a dead body, but they are uh, channels of fluid flow that are very much alive and well in our, in our living bodies. I often think of them as, um, as similar to the currents in the ocean, you know, like there's the Gulf Stream, which always moves up in a certain direction. And all of the weather patterns of many areas are dependent on that flow. And if that flow changes, um, you're going to get droughts over here or a tornado over there. And when those currents are in flow, your body is uh, well-balanced and healthy. The body of Earth, the body of our, of our internal bodies. So the importance of touch, you know, right now, most people can't go see their doctors, right? Even if, the, if they're sick in some way, or let's say it doesn't have to do with being sick from the virus, but you know, it, it's, it's very difficult to go see a doctor right now. 
and it's very mm-hmm. difficult. Um, and doctors are having to practice medicine differently over the telephone Absolutely. or over, you yeah. know, some sort of uh, visual medium. And so, first of all, how is that as a, as a practitioner to, um, to practice medicine in that way? It is a challenge, you know, especially in the way that I practice is so touch-based. I spend a lot of time in the room with each person really speaking through things, um, you know, eye-to-eye and face-to-face. And um, and then once they're on the table, it's, it's very much a collaborative uh, experience where there's touch involved. I spend a lot of time sitting with bodies and deep listening, you know, listening with my hands and feeling for subtle shifts and movements and um, inquiring with my patients around what they're feeling and um, doing that together. So it's it's a shift for me. You know, I've, I've always worked online and with certain people long distance, um, but it's very interesting to do to do more of that. So I'm leaning much more on herbal medicine and on guided meditation and somatic movement practices and also um, giving people instructions for self so self-acupressure and using points in their own bodies to um, evoke change in one way or another depending on the individual and their needs. So it's very individual. Very individual. You know, in East Asian medicine in general, it's always absolutely about meeting the person exactly where they are at right now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, not the idea of where they should be at, but really, how are you right now? What is the color in your cheeks? What is the smell, you know, what does your body smell like? What is the um, posture that you're holding? How is your pulse? How does your tongue look right now? And so my cough might be treated differently than somebody else's cough. A hundred percent. Same with any condition. So with a cough, um, uh, you know, same, it can even sound the same in two different people, but it might have a very different source. So we always see the symptom as the branch. And what we're interested in teaching is the root. So, um, you know, mm. what is it that this plant needs? What what kind of, you know, what kind of um, fertilizer do we need to give those roots in order for it to grow healthy leaves? And for different trees, it's going to be different. So if you have a cough, maybe there's dryness in your body. Maybe we need to moisten your lungs, you know. Maybe your tongue looks very dry, and maybe you're also having dry skin or some other kind of dry condition. Um, or with somebody else, maybe it's really phlegmy. Maybe there's a lot of um, mucus in their lungs or, you know, whatever the case may be. So we're always looking constitutionally at the overall pattern of what is giving rise to that symptom and not just treating symptomatically. Sometimes we'll treat symptomatically in the, um, in the acute phase, like really, you know, if someone's having a cough and it's bad, we're going to try and stop that cough. But at the same time, we're going to ask, well, why are they coughing? What is causing that cough? And how can we remedy that underlying situation? And the great thing about it is because it's constitutional, you'll often notice positive side effects. So maybe your sleep would improve or those night sweats mm-hmm. you were having would also disappear. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so the use of touch right now, so you can't touch your patients, but they can touch themselves. Or you can't right. touch me, but I can touch myself. And so mm-hmm. are there particular points of touch right now that can help me build my immunity or that can help me calm down or that can help me sleep better? Definitely. So, of course, it depends on the person. 
um, you know, anxiety in two different people is going to be two very different things. And mm-hmm. what is going to treat it is going to be different. But that said, there's still some general kind of catch-all points that we could pretty safely, safely use. Do you want me to guide you through some of them? Well, that would be fabulous. Okay, sure. So to take anxiety to begin with, if you hold out your hand, palm up, and you see the crease of your wrist. And it travels from the thumb side all the way to the pinky side. And if you press on the pinky side, you'll feel there's a tendon. So this is like in the far pinky side of your wrist crease. Does it matter which wrist? There. Does it matter which Either wrist? Either side. Uh-huh. Either side. I'm pressing on my left side. And this is the heart channel. So it runs up all the way up to the pinky finger and um, along over your palm, across the wrist crease and up your arm. On that, on that, we call it the ulnar side. So that's the bone that's in your forearm, but on the pinky side. So if you go back to your wrist crease, right, there's that little tendon. And just towards your thumb from that tendon, just over it, you're going to feel a little divot. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that? Yes, a little I depression? Do. Mm-hmm. So all acupuncts are always depressions. It's always like a little mm. hole. It's a receptive, it's a receptive place. And depending on you know, we actually use the, the point and palpating the point as a method of diagnosis, too. So sometimes points will feel like a real sinkhole, or sometimes they'll be like a kind of hardness to a point, or all of these various things mean something. So we're going to press right there at that point. And this is a point called heart seven. It's the seventh point on the heart channel. And it's a really calming point. So you can press it firmly. You want to feel a good kind of, we call it a healing ache. Like a, a good sensation there. You don't want to hurt yourself, but you also want to <laughs> you want to feel something. Okay, I feel something. And you you feel something, mm-hmm. and you can massage it gently in little gentle little circles with a kind of a, a nourishing intention. This is a point that nourishes the energy of the heart and relates to the way that the source energy of your body, your deeper reserves, are disseminated out through your various organs. Mm-hmm. So this is a nourishing point to the heart. And it's one that I have definitely reached over. It's very common. I've reached over on planes to anxious passengers beside me, and it tends to calm people down right away. Great. So when, so we know that when we can start flying again, we can also use this point. <laughs> exactly. We're gathering tools that we'll be able to use in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pressing this point for me, I can immediately feel a little bit of a bit more of a spacious sensation around my heart. Mm-hmm. I feel a little expansion in my chest, a little more room for breath. And so the next step would be to really let your breath fill that area, really reclaim it as yours. And feel the pleasure of your breath filling that area. Yeah, I really feel a shift in state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always amazing, you know. The longer I practice this work, the, I'm not less amazed. I'm more and more amazed, you know, by the body's responsiveness and our capacity to change just moment to moment. And then when our consciousness shifts in that way, the whole world looks a little bit different. Yeah. When we are well, well, when we are well-resourced, we... Um, you know, we have more to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does the world look different to you right now? Um, colors are sharper. 
feels more light. I'm looking out a window right now on uh, uh, hills and puffy clouds. And so everything seems a little sharper and uh, filled with more light. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the more, the more present we can be in our bodies, the more options we have as far as response. Yes. And so are there any other points that you want to share? Yeah. Another really nice point is right on the bottom of your foot. So if you cross one foot on the other knee so that you have your, the sole of your foot facing up towards you. On the ball of your foot, you have the big pad beneath your um, big toe mm-hmm. and then the other pad for your other toes. And just in between them, not right in between, but down a little bit towards your heel, you'll feel another of those depressions, a place where you can really sink deeply. If you press hard enough, it almost makes your toes point a little bit. And this is a point on the kidney channel. It's the first point on the kidney channel. And the kidneys relate to the element of water, our deep, deep nourishment, our sense of will, our trust in the darkness. And this is a point called bubbling spring. So you can massage it with a finger. It's a really grounding point. And massage it with your thumb. It's also a really nice point to put essential oils on before bed. It can really help ground your spirit and allow you to settle more deeply into sleep. Taking some nice deep breaths as you massage it. And after a little while, if you like, you can bring your foot, your feet to the ground, so either bare feet or in socks, and just feel the difference between your two feet and how they're able to make contact with the earth, having massaged that point a little bit. The idea from Qigong or from these Taoist internal cultivation practices is at this point, bubbling spring, is where we can receive energy up from the earth through our bodies. Yes, and in this time of, of you know such disruption, it's easy to to um, have your energy be so up, right? So up in Absolutely. the chest and up in the head, and not um, trusting, right? Not trusting where you plant your feet, and being exactly. able to really feel your feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so that's one of my favorite points for exactly that function. Mm-hmm. Something to bring it all down and allow ourselves to connect with, with the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So important. So important to feel how the, um, how the earth moves through us. Yeah, and how the earth supports us. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were saying, there's this tendency to pull up. And in that pulling up, we also want to pull away. You know, we don't want this right now at but are pulling away you know we curl our toes we kind of lift our shoulders everything is pulling up and away from the earth and as much as that's the natural reflex the natural response um it's it's not useful in the long term and these are times when we need long-term resilience not a short-term strategy Mm -hmm. so to allow our energy to come back down into the earth lets our body rest rest in the support of of the ground you know that we're not having to hold ourselves up 
that we can actually rest into support and rest into comfort, be held. And that allows us to open a little bit more, uh, become a little bit more receptive, receptive to the smile of another human or receptive to the breeze on our face or receptive to our own touch, just to feel a little bit more, um, a little bit more of a positive sensation. It's so easy for us to get into the, those negative loops of thought and looking for what could be wrong because that's so important for our survival. And at this time, to be able to rest down, let our bodies settle is essential for so many things, but our immunity included. Right. So let's talk about the sensation of touch and the, the pleasure um, that we can find in the sensation of touch. Uh, you know, we're we are used to touching each other and we are in relation to each other and some of us right now are sheltered by ourselves and so the only possibility and this is a time where we're not supposed to touch anybody and so Mm -hmm. so how do we find that 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 healing that nurturing sensation that comes from touch when uh, when we are the only ones who can provide it for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, we are we are such mammals, you know, when it really comes down to it. The things that comfort us are the same things that comfort all mammals, you know, like our, our pod and a lullaby and a stroke on the head and these simple, simple pleasures, you know, these good feelings. Um, so I think we have to learn how to receive touch in a less traditional way and also how to receive our own touch. So um, starting with the less traditional, there's so much that touches us, you know, beyond other people. There's, every, I mean, everything, everything you're sitting on right now, every pressure, every place of contact. If we allow it, if we become receptive to it, those places can become a feed. I can really take pr- pleasure in in the pressure of my sit bones into the chair right now. I can really allow myself to enjoy the stimulation of that, of that contact. Um, You know, there's a whole, there's a whole idea of piezoelectricity. So when the body or any kind of crystalline structure is, um, when pressure is applied to it, it generates an electric charge. That same thing happens in our bodies. If I take my hand now and I press into the table, it's generating an electric charge in my body. Mm-hmm. And that, that charge can be a feed. It can, it can feed me. It can nourish me. And it can inform um, my state. So that's one way. Pressure. So press your own pressure, your own body into the wall or into the floor or just laying flat on your back or however it may be. But to find pressure. You know, weighted blankets are wonderful for that. Mm-hmm. Or even taking a rock. Taking a rock. And laying it on you, just that pressure can feel so soothing and so grounding. So that's one. Another um, form of touch is sound, is vibration. Hubert um, Godard, a French somatic researcher, um, did a study around um, mothers singing lullabies to babies when they can't physically touch the baby. So maybe the mom is, you know, making dinner and the baby's over there. And if she sings to the baby or, or dad, or gender non-conforming parents. Um, <laughs> everyone's included. Um, 
the if if the parent sings to the child that the child is receiving the vibration of the sound in mm-hmm. the same way that they would receive physical touch. So singing to ourselves or listening to voice recordings from our loved ones or playing music and really allowing that vibration to touch us. So much of it is to do with our receptivity of allowing allowing ourselves to be touched. And then, of course, there is self-touch. So bringing our own hands with kindness and with sensitivity and with interest to our own bodies. And one place I love to start with this is my face. You know, we hold so much tension in our faces and so much of our social conditioning is lodged into our faces. You know, we're told not to make certain faces and <laughs> not to stick your tongue out. And, you know, so your face will freeze that way. Yeah, don't, don't yeah. Yeah, make that face. It'll freeze. Yeah. <laughs> so breaking that up a little bit is really liberating. And touching our own faces is a really nice way to do that as well. So I do a lot of um, massaging of my jaw and across my eyebrows. I often use a, um, a gua sha stone, which is like a little jade tool you can run across your face. But using your hands is so nice as well because you're getting that double feedback. So as my hands are touching my face, my face is also touching my hands. So we have to allow there to be a conversation, a dialogue between the two. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I touch my face, to really allow my touch to be soft and, like I said, interested and loving so that there's a... Um, it's it's not just like a perfunctory, you know, the things we normally do, like wash our faces, scrub our faces. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a really nice time to do a little self-massage, you know, working it into something that you already do. Um, but allowing my touch to be tender and so slow, just really slowing it down and bringing my attention to every little nuance. And your mind will probably drift. It'll go somewhere else. And you can just bring it back to sensation. What are you feeling? And the great thing about it is you know what feels best for you, so you can really massage your face exactly as you like it. <laughs> exactly as you want. <laughs> exactly as you like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to do a lot of internal massages in my in my mouth, so bringing, like pinching your cheek, bringing one finger on the inside. Of course, make sure you wash your hands before you do this. Mm-hmm. Or wear gloves, um, but pinching your cheek. You can pinch it from the inside and gently drag your fingers out. It's such a good release for your jaw. Mm-hmm. Which is holding a yeah. lot of tension these days, right? So, so much so, tension these yeah. days. So much tension. Yeah. Yeah. So as that mask of your face melts, it tends to feel so much easier for your mind to settle and for your mind to rest into your body. When I do acupuncture on the face or massage my patient's faces, they're always like, oh my gosh, that's so relaxing. It's so much more relaxing than you possibly think it could be. Mm-hmm. So with what we just did, a really nice little ritual might be to give yourself a little face massage, starting with your brows, letting the tension soften between your eyes, working your jaw, through your sinuses, your chin, even over your scalp, like uh, kind of scratching or tracing hard through your scalp, and then coming to that point on the inside of your wrist, part seven, and massaging that one for a little bit, and then coming down to the bottom of your foot massaging that first point on the kidney channel a little bit so it's a helpful way of just bringing your energy down especially Mm. before sleep or maybe as a way to start the day that's beautiful that's really beautiful and i also found myself um 
pressing my hands over my heart, over my breastbone, sternum. Yes. As a way to just, you know, connect in, just really receive that touch. Yes. Receive yes. that comfort. Like, 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 um, like a hug. Right. When you are hugging Absolutely. somebody, you're pressing your body up against theirs and feeling that pressure of, of meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we can meet ourselves in the same way. And it's kind of a radical act, you know, to self-reference and self-nourish in that way. It's, um, you know, that's some good, good kind of independence, you know. Some good kind of independence. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Another way I like to work with that in particular is um, is holding my hands over, uh, like hugging myself, giving myself a hug, starting at my clavicles and just so, so slowly moving my fingers as if they were little tentacles, just so slowly. And it's just, again, like as, as much as my hands are touching my chest, my chest is also touching my hands. Mm-hmm. So there's a reciprocity. And I like to bring in a sound, like a gentle hush, like an SH sound. And as I move my fingers, just bringing in that nice vibration and letting that, the movement of the vibration, really feeling it, letting it soften and touch my body. Can you make that sound? Yeah, like this. Letting my inhale be just as long, just as important. And holding my hands still in the inhale. And then again with the next exhale, hushing and moving my hands again. Little tentacles just slow, slowly crawling across the surface of my skin. working slowly, slowly down my body. One way that can be nice to hold space for yourself to do this kind of thing is just to set a timer so that you know for the next 5, 15, 35, 3 hours, <laughs> you, this is what you're going to be doing. And there's no question, there's no like, oh, I should go do something else. Oh, I should, you know, that this is what's happening for this time. And maybe it happens at the same time every day. Maybe you give yourself a little routine that way. But that you uh, really prioritize tending to yourself, tending to your need for contact and your need for touch and your need for a good feeling in your body daily. It's interesting because the sound is often what parents will um, make with their with their infants, you know, or it's very comforting sound. And when you were making that sound, um, your microphone went very live (laughs) afterwards, (laughs) as if as if it was responding with its own version of Um, I love it when technology joins in. Really, it's just, it's all (laughs) reciprocation, right? It's all call and response. It's all call and response. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. And just participating with ourselves. Yeah. Participating with the nature in us. And, you know, like you were saying, it's soothing to a baby. Like, you know, we think that we get bigger and that we're somehow some other, other animal, but really we're just toddlers and bigger bodies that's right we're just the same <laughs> we are we're just oh, the can... same and you know develop really are. the responses we respond to the same things we did when we were when we were yeah absolutely infants and uh treated with tenderness you know that now yeah. we can treat ourselves with that same kind of tenderness yeah yes yes yeah yeah and to say, too, you know, this is why people love to, one of the reasons why people love to have pets is because they can stroke the pet and the pet can, you know, curl up next to them. And I know my dogs are sleeping right up next to me and, and mm -hmm. um, you know, and you could even use a pillow, right? You could even hug a pillow if yep. you, um, if you want that sense of pressure up against you. Yeah, we have to get over ourselves a little bit, you know, when we touch, when we touch ourselves, when we come into any kind of somatic pro process, there's so much judgment that comes, that tends to come up, just like we were saying before, you know, don't make that face, don't stick your tongue out, your face is going to freeze that way. <laughs> but the same is true for caring with ourselves. And especially because we're living in a world where we've been taught to, that our value is, is, in, is wrapped up in our productivity and our job and our resume and all of that, you know, so um, I think it's normal as we settle into these practices that we, the judgment will come up like, oh, that's stupid. I don't want to hug a pillow. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not a child. You know, we have to really, we have to let those voices come up, laugh at them a little bit, let mm -hmm. them say what they want to say and do it anyways, you know. And especially, you know, even as we're moving through this pra these practices, a lot of times as we start to touch places that are a little bit more held, we'll kind of speak out, you know, maybe they'll tell us that we should you know, it's always a should, some kind of a should. So mm -hmm. it helps to look out for those shoulds and kind of take them as, as a as a good sign that you're you're on a new path. You're in the territory. You're in it. You're in the territory. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Emma, this has been such a wonderful conversation, so helpful on so many levels about touching for. Um, you know, specific health and also touching for a sense of comfort and connection. Um, just wonderful. Uh, I'm wondering if you can tell people how they can find you, how they can work with you. Uh, please do tell. Eventually yeah, how they can to touch you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> um, the best way to find me is through my website, which is emmadestrube.com. That's E-M-M-A-D-E-S-T-R-U-B-E.com. And you can book online sessions with me there. And the sessions could be for herbal medicine. They could be for acupressure. They could be for a guided meditation tailored specifically to whatever is going on for you. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Emma Destrebe, where I occasionally post little tidbits and um, little somatic nuggets. Yeah, that's how to find me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. You are such a resource and such a light. So I thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about change.
If you like our podcast, please leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. It helps our audience to grow. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to SharonWeilAuthor.com. You can also find out more about the Changeability books and about all the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Dare to bring new ideas forward. Our world needs you right now.